ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Teams. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. Hi, Tori. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Um, I really have trouble with names. And for everybody listening, would you mind pronouncing your last name for us? Matisage. Matisage. Yeah. You can only say that when you say it first. Yes, it's a tough one. Well, Tori Matisage, thank you for taking some time with ATV Talk. And um, we want to hear a little bit about your ATV riding and how you got started in racing ATVs. I got started from my grandpa. He bought me this little quad. It didn't really do very well in the dirt. And I rode that for a while. I had a couple little crashes. And I was probably about four or five. Then about six, I got my 90, which I named him Billy. And I took him everywhere. We would go camping. I would always ride him and I'd ride him for hours and hours and hours. Um, my first race was in 2008. We went camping in the cinders and there was a race going on. I wanted to enter the race so bad. I had just pants on. I gear shirt on and I was just like so determined to just win this race so they entered me in the race and I got last but I had so much fun and I just wanted to keep doing it and doing it again so we started doing some of the works races in town and some of the ones that were a little closer to us so I have been racing work since 2009 is when I started and I slowly have progressed. I started on my 90 and then I moved to my Apex 90, then my 250 and now my 450. And when you were riding the little bikes and you said you spent most of your time riding in Havasu, area or around in that area was that was that a, a a track environment or was that a desert environment i usually rode in a desert environment my grandpa lived right off the desert so i would go over there get on my quad and just take off from his house and he would just watch me and i would ride for hours and hours he could never get me off the quad <laughs> that's awesome i remember when we were little, my brother and I, uh, my parents have a large piece of property and, and the house is up on the hill and we would, we had a nice area to ride and we would run them out of gas. And my dad finally got so frustrated that he made sure that there was a gas can down there. And if we couldn't put gas in it and start it, we couldn't ride it. 
<laughs> because yeah. he's spending most of his day coming down and either starting the bike for us or filling it up with gas because we ran out of gas. And it, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Actually, the property is still in the family and uh, my parents still live in the same house. It doesn't look anything like that because of growth in the neighborhood and yeah. other things that have happened, but it's still, the memories are still there. Yes, definitely. So when you progressed into the works, you were riding a smaller machine, uh, an Apex 90, I'm assuming? Yes. And so, how, did that, how did that go in the works for you? Did you, uh, did you win uh, a lot of your races or? Yeah, I did a couple of the Havasu races and I won some of those races. I have a couple pictures of me with my long hair, whole shot, and I have all the boys behind and it was definitely really fun. I also raced 928 minis on my 90 Apex and I won that series and that was in 2011. I won that series and then so I raced more of the 928 minis than I did at works at the time since it was in Havasu and it was the night races, always Saturday night. We'd go out there, have a blast. They would have all the lights on. It was a small little track, uh, uh, crazy horse. When you're, uh, w when we're talking, our microphones are so sensitive when you're, uh, tapping on the desk and everything. And the only reason I bring it up is because, unfortunately, about 80% of the things that I've taped so far have some type of noise from oh. myself or someone else. Uh, you know, we have dogs, we have, and, and you know, I'm not a, I'm not a professional at this. Uh, just, you know that. Um, I build quads for a living. I don't, uh, I, I'm not a, in the media, I'm not a... Uh, media personality. I don't, uh, I don't do anything like that. I, I can barely turn the computer on. If I didn't have great people working with me, I would have a lot of trouble doing this. So that being said, they've taught me enough that I can start the Zoom meeting and, and talk. But, um, you know, the, the little sidebar there. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your story about <laughs> okay. your Apex 90 racing. But um, you graduated from the Apex 90 into a Raptor 250. Yes. How, how long did that last? I was on my 250 not for a very long time because I had a couple of injuries in my 250 days. So I was out a lot. So I got about in two seasons of the 250 and then I moved into my 450. You say you got injured. You say you got injured. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yes. So in 2013, the Ridgecrest race, I had crashed pretty bad. I tore a couple ligaments in my knee. I broke my knee. I was out for a while and then eventually I had to get surgery on my knee to repair it. And then I went back racing when I was not supposed to. And in prim, I did the little double that they used to have in the front and I cased it. I ended up breaking my wrist and ankle. So I was out way longer after that. So I had a full season of 
pretty much where I was injured. And then after that, I what year was that? That was in 2014. Really? So it's been a few years, but yeah. And that didn't deter you. The injuries didn't, uh, didn't slow you down any from wanting to ride or wanting to race. No, they didn't. They gave me a little fear with when I got back on my quad, I actually got back on my, I got on a 450 when I was still broken. My dad brought home my first 450 Honda. So excited. I couldn't ride it though. Cause I was injured. So when I got on that, I was a little skeptical cause it was bigger machine faster but I felt really comfortable on it way more comfortable than my 250 so other than that not really a so so when you rehabbed you were you started riding the 450 yeah so I didn't go back on the 250 really I finished I think I did one race on it like one or two races on it and then I it went on my 450. And you started in the women's, in the women's class there, or were you racing against the boys? On my 450? Yes. I started in women's A class on my 450. Right on the, right off the gate in the, in with the big gals, huh? Yes. <laughs> so was there much transition for you? I mean, how hard was that? I mean, you were still probably pretty small. Uh, well, I'm always, I've always been super tall. So the 250, I was getting a little big on that. I, I raced my 250 in a couple of the 450 classes, like in 15 to 29A. So I was racing against some 450s. It just, I didn't have so much power. So it was pretty different. I, did I compared my lap times during some of the races so that's how we determined like where to put me and so I jumped right in women's a class I was not nearly as good as anyone in that class at first and then I slowly by the end of the season was getting up there so and what year was that that was in 2015 and who was the who was the leader of the champion at that time that you uh, aspired to to be uh that would be brianna oh she was the champion then yes she was i think donna was the champion before that and then it was brianna so and and how many how many races did it get before you started making a dent in uh you know getting like getting your first win or running up front um it took a couple races but then I was pretty up there and me and her had some really good battles I would I mean yeah we had some good battles we'd go back and forth during the races and it was always a mystery on who would get that first place so did you guys have a, a kind rivalry or were you um, more aggressive towards one another? I mean, on and off the track, were you guys, were you guys good with each other? 
Yeah, we were good. We, when I first started racing, we always, her parents always talked to my parents and we always talked and she would always, we would always wish each other good luck. And we would always take pictures after the races. I think more towards the end, it got a little more kind of like, okay, now it's serious. And it came down to last couple races, we need to win this. So it wasn't, we would say good luck, but it wasn't so friendly since it was more a serious kind of, we're very serious about it. <laughs> Did you uh, have a rivalry with Donna at all? Because I know that she's won a title since Brianna and now you're the current champ. So is there any, is there any uh, talk between you two or? Uh, no, I mean, I get along with all the girls that race. We all talk to each other before we get in a big group. We'll talk to each other and we, me and Donna have talked probably since I started on my 450 and started in the women's aid class. She always wishes me good luck and I wish her good luck. So there's some after the races, we'll give each other a little fist pump, and so. So there's some professional admiration there between the two of you. Yeah. Now that you're both champions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Has that has that truly sunk in for you that you finally reached that women's A championship that you chased for so many years? Yes, it feels so nice. I. I had a tough year and I was just so glad I got it. I just so happy about that. The harder it is to win them, sometimes the more they mean to you. Yeah. I had a lot of mechanical issues last year, so it was very upsetting to me, breaking down and not being able to finish the race. But last race, I pulled through and I got through the finish line. In first place? Yes. <laughs> well, it all, ask. if you're not going to tell me, I got to ask. <laughs> it all came down to that last race. I needed that first place. <laughs> so you live in Havasu, not to give that away for anybody. Most, most of the, all the racers know that. Um, beans that we're having a heat wave right now, how does that affect your training? Well... I have not been practicing right now because it is extremely hot and people have been dying of heat strokes here. So I haven't been training. I started going to the gym again since it finally opened. I also wakeboard and I ride a stand-up jet ski at Body Beach. So all that stuff kind of helps my endurance and my strength. So but as far as riding my quad, I am going to be going into this race with not much practice since the last race. So, wow, are you gonna are you gonna shake the machines down before you head out to to Glen Helen, or are you just just gonna throw it in the truck and go? No, we went over everything. The quads are pretty much all done. We finished everything today. They're all ready to be loaded up to the trailer and then gonna head there Thursday. So you've been cracking the whip on Jack, haven't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I'm assuming that, that everybody's work 
in the heat is, is, is either slower or they're working a lot of nights. Yeah, we, today we were working on the quads a little. We would jump in the pool, then go in the garage and jump in the pool, go in the garage. So it was kind of like a slow thing. And it's definitely hot outside and we do not have AC in the garage. So it's like a sauna in there. Well, you need to tell mom, hey, a little help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she already probably does enough, right? Oh, yeah, she does a lot. I would not be racing if it wasn't for her. I know. She's a, she's a, she's a good mom, and I've had long conversations with her and spent some time discussing you and your machines. So I, I know she's very passionate about your racing, and that's, that's a great, a great, you, you really have no idea how good that is for your program and for you to have a mom that's so passionate about your racing instead of being fearful of it. Yeah, I'm definitely thankful for her. It's, you should be. Um, l let me go back and, and ask my question about training a little different way. Um, in a normal time when it's not so quite so hot, what is a training regimen that you go through so that on a consistent basis? I know COVID, uh, you know, I haven't even asked how COVID has affected you guys. Um, I know that you're in a, a hotter area, so they say, supposedly, that should be a benefit for you, but I'm not really sure. Um, so COVID hasn't affected us too bad a lot of things shut down for a while my work has still been open we i usually go to a track on the weekends we have the 928 track out by sarah park that i sometimes ride on every now and then they'll have quads go there not all the time so i'll go there when there are some other quads will go there but I will usually go ride in the desert. So I'll just go down there, park in the desert and just ride around for a couple hours. So it's pretty you, much. You have a grooved in track that you ride on or an area that you like to go so that you can get your, your, your turns and your whoops and your jumps in? Yeah, I go right off the highway. I go here every single time and it has some hills, it has little jumps, some whoops that I like to ride on. I know it by heart, so I just will go out there by myself sometimes and just ride around. How long are your general motos, or do you just ride for a, a, a specific time frame and then head home? I will usually ride for a couple hours I try to ride a little longer, take a shorter break, then I'll go and ride longer. So, I mean, it just kind of depends on how I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you're not feeling into it, it's a short day, huh? Yes. <laughs> do you do any cycling or, or I know you mentioned the gym, so you do some weights or, or cardio work in the gym? Yeah, I go to the gym and I also have a mountain bike that I ride sometimes. Right now it's extremely hot, but I also bring my bike to the races. So it kind of gets me like warmed up for my races. That's a good thing. That's a real good thing. Yeah. So right now in Havasu training is not number one. 
No, <laughs> it's, it's about 120 degrees here. Right, right. If you had to think back a little bit, whether it's this year or last year or five years ago, what's the most memorable race in your short career that you've had? Uh, it would definitely be the race that I won the Women's A Championship. I, after going through such a tough season, I pulled through at the end and all I was hoping for was my quad would make it through the finish line because I knew I had to get that first place. So I was so nervous and I pushed myself so hard. I took off in a whole shot and I finished the race first the whole time. So it was definitely the most memorable and the most like exciting race. What were some of the emotions that you were going through on that on the final lap of that race? Well, the final lap I went through just before they pulled the checkered flag. So everyone else got pulled off. So I was thinking, well, if I break down, I still win. So I was already excited. I didn't even want to finish the last lap because I was so excited. I was tearing up and I was just ecstatic. I was so excited. I could see my mom on the side. She was jumping and it was very exciting. I think you're getting a little emotional right now, aren't you? <laughs> it's okay. It's, it, it, it is. It, it, it's winning a race, winning a championship, winning something that you struggled, you know, a larger portion of your life. You're pretty young, so it, it's, it's still new to you. But mm-hmm. when you achieve a goal that's that you've been striving for and that you've been working as hard as you have because I've been watching from the side you know and and uh, helping Jack as much as I can and you 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 feel the passion you feel the enthusiasm the desire and um, it's a pretty awesome thing so it's okay to get choked up anytime that you want to get choked up because you're telling me a story about winning a championship I'm going to I'm going to enjoy in and get a lump in my throat and, and feel a part of that excitement as well. Because uh, every time you win a race, every time you win a championship, whether you're a mechanic or a racer or a, a fan of the individual, mm-hmm. it puts a lump in your throat. Yeah. I, I love it. You, you can tell I'm a huge fan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's hard to be a huge fan sometimes and not get wrapped up in the racing or or what's going on over here or over there. I have to stay focused on what I'm doing and uh, make sure that I get my job done so that the person yeah. I'm working with at the given time gets their finish. So that's a pretty awesome story. Now think back and tell us about a head-to-head battle that you had with one of the boys, one of the ladies, just anybody that you raced with that that is really memorable and that left an impression on you? Well, racing with Brianna was probably like the best years racing. I had tons of fun battling with her. It was always the show of the race and we had some pretty good battles. She is 
probably the only one that I've been had like competition with in the women's A class, like good competition. So we, I raced a couple seasons with Rihanna. The last season I raced with her before she retired from racing was 2016 and it came down to last couple races. We would go back and forth so the winds were all over the place and last two races Glen Helen I knew I had to win this race to win championship I'm love Glen Helen and I'm always good at that race so I was like I've got this this is going to be an awesome race went into the race was in first place and the race was good. Last lap came down and probably about a mile or two away from the finish line, my chain snapped. And all I see was Brianna fly by me. I was devastated and I was so mad. I just left my quad there and I started walking back. And it was definitely a terrible race. And so the last race was, I want to say it was in for that race, even though you didn't uh, finish technically, you still gained points because you did more than 50% of the race, right? Yes, I just did not get the first place points. So it would, we were very close on points. So it kind of depended on whether if I won, I would win, or if she won, she would win. So after that race, my mom looked at all the points. She's like, okay, this last race, if you win this, you'll win the championship. I think this race was, I can't even remember where this race was. It was a place that we haven't been to since, and it had the awards outside in the stadium. But well, that was that place up in the, Hesperia. Yeah, I think so. We haven't been there since. It was kind of a weird baseball stadium. Yeah. So I'm not very good at like logs and all that stuff. She was definitely better at that kind of stuff. I've worked on it now, but I knew in practice, I was like, gosh, I'm so nervous, really nervous. Well, she ended up winning that race so she did win the championship and I was definitely devastated but she's been on that 450 longer she's been in that class longer so I wasn't too like I wasn't mad or anything I was super excited for her but it's definitely a devastating season so what's the lesson that that you took from that from that year and those those final two races, um, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but what was the lesson that you learned the, the, the biggest portion? Uh, to always check my chain before a race. <laughs> the word I would use is preparation. Yes. <laughs> and, and I'm assuming the logs didn't help you uh, at that race in, in Hesperia? Yeah, 
it was not a normal track that I liked and I'm good at certain tracks so it's kind of like better at some tracks and not so good at other tracks so it was kind of like that one that I wasn't so good at right wow that's I I forgot totally forgot about that place yeah <laughs> I remember it yeah well they you couldn't you couldn't park in certain places and yeah it was very weird yeah and then other people would show up and do exactly what you were trying to do and they were allowed to you weren't I, I, I don't know we had some problems with the security guards there <laughs> that wasn't wasn't the greatest event for us but i enjoy going to all of them even the ones that are difficult just because there's nothing like going to the races it's it's amazing Glen Helen is always tough. Uh, we've spent a lot of time there. And, and you know, for all the success, there's always that nagging little thing. Glen Helen has always got something in store for me that, that <laughs> I've never seen coming. Um, yeah. You know, we've, I've always had some type of difficulty there with something. Um, even on a good result, it was still a tough, a, a tough finish, you know. Uh, won a couple races there with Mike, won a couple races there with uh, Garen Fuller, and a couple of the other young guys. But yeah, it was it, it was always tough. You know, Eichner had won races there for me. And uh, way back, way back in a big six, my son raced. Uh, he got injured at the works race, and we jumped in the car and drove down to the big six race later in that afternoon um, and he raced the big six race injured and destroyed I mean he just killed it and um, it was just a fun course and um, yeah so I've, like I've had I've, I've had some highs and lows at Glen Helen where you get most places I mean Havasu is my ultimate favorite that's my favorite too <laughs> it's rough it's horrible it's there's nothing good there that you can't say one nice thing about that racetrack it, it destroys your machine yes i just have had personally i've had extremely great success there as a rider and with riders you know so mm -hmm. uh, i was going to ask you obviously what your favorite uh, race was and obviously it's havasu so yes it's definitely havasu i used to race on that track when they did the 928 minis. So I've been racing on that track since I was 10, 11 years old. And I love how much work you have to put into for that track. You, it does beat up the machines <laughs> a lot, but I've always had such great races there and I've never had a bad memory at the Havasu race, so. Well, there's there's always a, a negative or a positive at every race you go to, but that's just one of those places where, you know, there's so many amazing things happen in the course of one of those races. When you, the, the longer the races and, the, and you go there in March and it's hotter than hot and you're, you know, you were just at a race in, in Prim and it was freezing cold and you're, you're you're still thawing out from that and you go to you go to Havasu and 
you can't get to the water fast enough. You're you're cooking, and it's March, and you're thinking, wait a minute, we got two months before it's supposed to get hot. Yeah, the March the March races in Havasu usually land on my birthday, so I would always have a little birthday party there, and then my friends and family would come down and watch my race. So the races in Havasu have always been a blast, and I've always enjoyed the Havasu races. So. As long as I can remember, we were either at Glen Helen or Monticello, Utah on my birthday or my birthday week. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's always, you know, I've celebrated quite a few birthdays in uh, in both places. I, I wish we'd go back to Monticello. That was a really cool place to race. Really? You, you never got to go there. No, I've never been there. Oh, it was an awesome place. Awesome place. So... What are your future aspirations for uh, your life? Not not necessarily racing, but just your life. Well, I work a full-time job right now in a doctor's office. And I'm going to school to get my business degree. I am almost done with my associates. And then I will transfer to ASU to get my four years. So I'm kind of just going with the flow. I'm not sure exactly what I want to do, but I am just kind of letting life take me where it wants to take me. Really? So you really have, other than a business degree, you don't have a plan uh, for the future? No, not really. I mean, I have a great job right now, so I'm not too worried about it, but I would like to finish my associates and then kind of go from there. How about a, any idea what you think your career is going to be? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. I've thought a lot about it and I see myself in a bunch of different places and I don't know. I kind of just, doing what makes me happy well that's most important being happy you know i've been blessed i have a job that i love to do in an industry that i love and they say when you love your job you've never worked and i don't disagree with that the older i get the the more it seems like work because it gets harder yeah (laughs) you don't have that problem you're still a kid (laughs) You're probably, what, 19, 20? 20. I'll be 21 in March. Whoa! <laughs> You're so old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kidding. I was kidding. I know. <laughs> so you think that you're going to get uh, into business in the off-road industry, or are you going to get into business something more along the lines of just a business? I would love to be in the off-road industry, Um, I'm not sure what, but I do have a very big, like, that's my passion is racing. So it would be very fun to be in the race industry and have a job in the race industry. So I would love to do that. What, uh, what are your racing goals for the future? I know that you're heading, you're going to be heading to college. Do you think you're still going to be able to race when you're at ASU? 
Uh, yes. So I do, we have an ASU in Havasu. So it's a lot easier because I don't have to leave Havasu. I, my goal this season is to finish in first in my women's A class. I also am in first in 15 to 29A. I, my goal for next season would probably be to win a pro-am race, at least get third place. I'm not sure a girl has ever got podium in the pro-am races, so I would love to do that. And that's kind of been a thing for me for a while. If I'm not, if my memory doesn't cheat me here, um, Angela Moore finished fifth was her best finish and she was a pretty dominant woman's champion i mean a pretty dominant woman's rider um i was just not, not to change the subject but i was just uh, re i reached out to her not too long ago and uh, i seen a little blurb it had been 12 years since she threw her leg over something and she went out and won a, a woman's race or won a race on a quad first time out Really? Yeah. So, and she's still a fairly young woman. Mm -hmm. I think she's in her thirties now. I think, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to ask, but uh, so don't ever count it out. Don't count your age out. You look at some of the boys that are racing or some of the men that are racing, you know, Bo's 38, you know, yeah. one was winning championships and works in his forties. So uh, there's, there's a long, long career there. So don't sell yourself short on, say you're, don't think you're going to run out of time. Yeah. Do you see yourself getting in a cage? So I do have a razor. I raced a couple races in the razor in the women's class, but my quad races and my side-by-side -side races were always back to back. So it was very difficult for me. I would race my quad and then have to rush into my gear and my dad would bring up my razor to the line. So I'd have to run up there. And it was kind of like a, my razor, I started it very late. So I wasn't as good as everyone else. And it was a different feeling than being on my quad. So I kind of stopped that and I have my razor more for a play razor now. Do you think that you could end up going back in that direction at all? I think I could, but I don't think I want to. So, so you're going to strictly stay on the quad if you're going to race? Yes, I do enjoy my quad. I feel more... I'm able to move more. I could control my quad how I want to. The razor is kind of like I'm stuck in one place. I can't turn my head to the side. The razor kind of sometimes it goes where it wants to go. And I definitely enjoy my quad way more than the razor. Wow. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan myself, but I get it. I, I still enjoy riding. Um, and, and spending as much time as I can without a cage. Uh, yeah. I've done some testing, but that's, 
if I ever had the opportunity to race one, I probably would just to try it out, you know, mm -hmm. Hey, let, let, let's see, can I put this thing on its lid on the first lap or the last lap? Which one's it going to be? <laughs> yeah, I had a roll, a couple rolls in sand hollow and I was actually in first place in my razor cause I just got off my quad. So all those little peaks, everyone would kind of slow down for, I would just fly over them. So I passed all the girls. I mean, those girls are fast in that class. And I passed all of them. I was in first place and I was like, oh yeah, I'm in first place. And then I hit a little rock in the sand and I went over. <laughs> so it didn't last very long. Did it hurt the car? Uh, the car, I mean, the cage and everything was fine. I, some people helped me tip it back over and I was driving it off the track and I was a corner away from the trailer and the whole tire just came off. And so we had a bunch of people, we had to lift it into the trailer. So that was pretty much, it just got some bumps and dents here and there, but. And you had already raced your, your quad for the day, so you didn't have to worry about it affecting the race for the, for the ATV. Yeah, so I always raced the quad before the razor. That's just how it always ended up to be, which is good because after you race the quad, then you got to kind of sit there and not have to worry about standing up, sitting down, standing up. Nice. As you were growing up or as you were watching the ATV industry, who were some of the people that you set your sights on to further your career so that you could watch them develop and watch yourself develop, uh, you know, maybe some pros that you'd like to watch? So I used to watch Bo when I was on my 250 and I enjoyed, I would always go to the race and watch Bo and I don't know he's just so fast and he makes it look so easy and I was always so inspired by his riding and him always getting that podium and he was always so he always had a smile on his face even if he didn't get the podium so I definitely admire that it's something about professionalism and you know, you can't always win and yeah. you have to be a bigger, better person when you get fifth place than you do when you get first place. Yes. Cause you're, you're naturally going to smile and be happy when you get first. Yeah. You, get fifth, you still have to talk to your peers and sign autographs when they, when they come up or, or take the photos and do the things that you got to do. And, and be professional with the other ladies or, or the men that you're beating or racing with at the time, because yeah. I know that you beat your fair share of boys. Yeah. Oh, so what do the boys say to you after the races? Um, I mean, they'll say good job. Like you rode great and all that stuff. I think more like I've done a couple easy OP races. So usually the boys will stare at me because I entered the expert class. So they'll look at me and they'll be like, what is this girl doing in this class? And I'll win the race and I'll get like all the stares from them. And it's really a good feeling because I get a lot of looks when I show up to a race that they don't know who I am. So 
a lot of the boys there were like, what is she doing in this class? Like, you know, this is for fast people. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's probably pretty awesome, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> no, nobody given you any, nobody said anything to you that they shouldn't have? After. No. That's that's even better. That's even better. That means that men men or boys are evolving. We used to hate getting. I've been beat by a girl, and I hated. It. You know, <laughs> yeah. harder, ride harder. Yeah. You know, but there's some girls out there that can that, that can get with the program. Um, I don't know if you know Dustin Nelson's wife, Bash. I don't. Oh man, I raced in in uh, uh, Paula here in California. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my thing, just riding as hard as I can. And she jumped over the top of me on a tabletop. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm jumping half. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm just killing it, you know, and she jumped over the top of me. And I, I actually went to her at one of the races in prim and said, Hey, I'm struggling. What are, where are the good lines? Everything out there is so rough. And she goes, you're looking in the wrong place. I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, you see that little trail on the edge of the course that's, you know, six inches wide? And she goes, and I go, yeah. And she goes, right there. Yeah. Fastest line. There's no bumps. Mm -hmm. I, never, I never could take that line because I could never get myself into that line. But I, I understood what she meant. Uh, she was pretty fast. An, an inspiration you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time with a lot of really fast guys mm -hmm. for, so for me to go and ask her instead of Dustin for help, uh, you know, I mean, I was very, very impressed with her riding skill and she wasn't the fastest of the women, but she was pretty fast and she won her fair share of races. That's awesome. So if you ever get a chance to meet her, uh, you should sit down and talk with her because she's, She's got some insight into riding, and she's a, she's a pretty natural, at least in my opinion. You know, may not be that way uh, for her, but uh, I think she was really good. So I don't uh, I don't want to keep you. I know that you are getting ready to go to Glen Helen. Uh, it's, it's it's there's four races left. I'm I'm assuming in the series. Yeah. And it's important that you uh, do well at all four of them. You're doing pretty good so far this season, I, I'm assuming. Yes, I'm first in both classes so far, so I'm doing really good. Uh, you mentioned that you were leading the points in the 15 to 29A. How many of them are you in? How many of them are in there? How many of the 15 to 29s have you won? I have, so, Havasu the rounds were split. So there's two rounds. I won both those rounds. And then the last race in Mesquite, I also won. So I've won three. And yeah, so I've won three so far. Wow, that's pretty impressive. There's some fast boys in that class from what I've seen. Yes. <laughs> that's, keep it up. You're doing a great job. I really, uh, I really commend you on that. Thank um, you. I hope that you save some time for me at the end of the season. I know that uh, we're in September now and, and this episode won't air for a couple weeks, but um, once we get it out there and, and everything, I hope at the end of the year that you'll come back 
and tell us how the season went for you and how the last four races went for you and and yeah of course I would love to well we really appreciate you having having you come talk to us at ATV Talk I know how busy your schedule is and I really appreciate from the bottom of my heart that you've taken the time with us and uh, given us some of your time. Yeah, thank you. And know that we are a fan and we are watching. I know I'm not getting to the races like I have in the past years, um, but I am watching, I am paying attention, um, and I am listening to the, the scuttlebutt that happens through the engine or through the industry. I know certain things and hear certain things, so... Um, I'm still there. I still got my ear to the ear to the stone, as they say. Um, and y- you never know. You may see me before the end of the year. Hopefully. <laughs> we would love to see you at the races. I would love to be there. It's just I have some obligations at home that are uh, stressing and, and more important. And, and um, racing will be there for me when I come back. And uh, the industry that I love and that I get to spend my life doing, um, my family has given me the grace to do this and it's they, my family needs me right now and I need to be home. Yeah. But again, thank you so much. Please tell your mom and Jack, I said, hello. And if, if you need anything or if you have anything, any news for us, please reach out so that we can, so that we can talk about it and get you, uh, get you out back on the air. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You have a great night. You too. We'll talk to you later. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.